So good afternoon, fam. Um, God gave me a whole list of scriptures that we started doing in the um, renewing of the mind. And even though I'm still doing that, I've kind of stopped naming it after the series. And I just said, let's just let them be their own standalone messages from this point. We can rope them in. But this verse that came to me today in Romans chapter two, I said, wow, this is, it's definitely a standalone, but it it's a strong message for the season. And it spoke to me for where God has me right now. Um, and I know it will speak to all of you. Um, so I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter seven real quick before we go to Romans chapter two. You ready? So Matthew chapter seven, Matthew chapter seven, starting at verse one, says, "Judge not, that you be not judged." Reading from the King James. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged, and with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Now, I'm not going to go into the whole why behold if the speck in your brother's eye. We know that. It's just so much is packed in this one verse that I want to walk us through. And the reason why this spoke to me so strong this week was God was saying to me, we all make mistakes. We all do wrong things, right? We want to be understood when we do. We want other people to be condemned when they do. And, you know, saying we judge, there's an old saying, you judge others, you judge yourself by your intent, you judge everybody else by their actions. Um, understanding their intent comes with a balance. Understanding that they didn't mean wrong doesn't mean that you have to stay victim to the wrong being committed against you. And I think that's a slippery road when it comes to us as believers. Do you relate to what I'm saying? We think, okay, either I got to be angry and condemn you, or I got to be loving and accept your abuse. Hmm, it's getting quiet. Okay, so what God has been teaching me is this. I didn't call you to be abused. I called you to step back so that I can protect you from the abuse. I didn't say just go in and keep taking it and I'll give you the strength to bear it. There's times I'll tell you, I need you to step back so I can do, if I hold my peace, the Lord will fight my battles. He didn't say if I hold my peace, God would give me the strength to be whipped on. He said he would step in and defend me. The problem is the deception that we've learned in the walk in love message is walking in love means staying in abuse. And it doesn't. It means that I will not let my heart become tainted by your actions. I don't let my spirit become forever wounded by your behavior. It does, it's not a choice for me to be abused. It's a choice to let God protect me from the abuser. Bear witness with me so far. 
God becomes my protection. So he says, now here, judge not that you be not judged. So I want to take the first word, judge, and I want to break it down from the Greek. Okay, the word um, is pronounced krino, krino is the best, or krino, or krino. I would say kri because it's, it's got phonetically two E's. Okay, so it's kri, krino. Um, and it says to, to distinguish or decide mentally or judicially by the implications or try to condemn or punish, avenge, conclude, condemn, damn, decree. Now, I want to tell you why I'm bringing this up. Deciding somebody did something wrong to you or against you or about you, that's not judgment. This is close. This is going to be helpful. Judgment is me, not me deciding that you did wrong. Judgment is not me deciding that what you did was evil or even that you may have intended to do what you did. Judgment is me deciding your outcome for what you did. That belongs to God. Did you catch that? Judgment is me deciding, well, because you do this, you should get that. Or this should happen to you because you did that. That is where God is teaching me is where my place crosses the line. I can say, God, this person hurt. This person did wrong. What this person did was underhanded. This person, what this person did to that other person was evil. It wasn't right. I can say that. But I don't have the right to decide what their judgment or punishment should be for what they did. At that point, I turn it over to God and let him and his righteousness make the right decisions. Now, if God judged us according to what we deserve, none of us would make the kingdom. We understand this. this listen to what I'm about to say here now. So when we make a mistake, we look for mercy. We pray for grace. Am I right? Who here says, God, give it to me just like I deserve it. Whatever it is, just let it fly. Who does that? Right? No hands? No hands? No takers? Okay. So we understand then that a lot of time the judgment that we deserve, watch me close, is correction enlightenment. You want God to judge you faithful by the intent of your heart. You want God to judge you by empowering you to be free or to be delivered. Am I wrong here? You're, look, you're just looking at me so stone-faced. When you make a mistake, do you not pray for God to invoke mercy and then give you the strength to walk free from that which you were entangled in or did wrong? So judgment sometimes is revelation, truth, knowledge, insight, and ability. It all comes in the hands of being judged. With that said, I want God to judge. Watch, I'm going to take a deep breath to say this. I want God to judge my enemies the same way. I said that by faith. <laughs> right? But it's what God expects of us as his children, that we pray. So this is what he said, bless those who curse you. 
Ah, not go out. You stole from me. Now I'm going to go give you another hundred dollars. No, 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 no. That I pray that God's judgment on you be merciful, that you are then corrected and learn better as a result of your behavior. Not that you you, you wind up getting robbed and beat down in the street for the money you sell. See, that, that's a different type of judgment. And that's the judgment that's not, that's not ours to make. Now, as I've said this to you, I want you to go with me. The Romans chapter two. And, 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 and I'm going to bring this together in short form to say this. I'm learning that as I desire critical judgment on somebody else, I'm reaping on myself that same judgment. Wait, let's go back to Matthew for a minute. I know I told you to go, but you don't have to go, but just I'll just read it. Okay, let me just read it. Let me just get this on the record before I move on. Do not pass judgment or consider the level of condemnation and you will not be condemned, judged, or considered for condemnation. For with the same outcome you wish on them, you will be judged. Now it makes a little more sense, right? So if you wish them harm and misfortune because of what they did to you, then by your actions, you will be judged. See, I, I, I just wanna make sure, it's easier now for me to pray for mercy for others when I consider that if I want harm for them, I'm asking for it for myself. If I'm asking for mercy for me, I should be asking for mercy for them. Doesn't mean continue to, sub to subject yourself, but it does mean my heart must stay in a pure place. Somebody say my heart must stay in a pure place. Now that's the challenge of man. Because when somebody does wrong, you want harm, you want death. You want, when I see, I don't even watch these videos anymore, but I see these videos, all these things come up about the cops and shooting somebody, I'm, I start feeling myself, somebody needs to kill him. Somebody needs to do them harm. And I start to find myself thinking. And I'm like, okay, I got to start watching this stuff because it's not good for my spirit. It's creating a bitterness and a hatred in me where I'm wishing death and harm on people. And I don't want my spirit contaminated like that. So I have to step back and say, God, I'm not strong enough yet to watch these videos and see these things without coming to the conclusion that hatred rises up in me. I'm going to speak for myself. I can't speak for none of you. I'm going to speak for me. So he said, if you judge them or you, you, you conclude an outcome for them for their behavior, then that's the same measure, measure that you're calling on yourself when you get out of line. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. Hmm. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Now, I want to talk about that. I almost skipped that. And, what, and with what measures you meet. So here's what he's saying here. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this measure. A vessel for receiving and determining the quality or quantity of things. So he's saying the measurement is you deciding what 
degree of judgment or measurement or quality or quantity somebody else should receive, you asking for for yourself. Now, I want to make sure you catch this. What did you just hear me reluctantly pray? God, judge them according to your love and kindness and tender mercy. Now you have a motivation to do it because you understand the measure you meet will be measured back to you. And the way you judge them, then that's the judgment that will come to you. So if I know then that what I'm praying for for others or wishing on them or, or judging or measuring their outcome is what's coming to me, it makes me more motivated to pray kindly for them. Let me give you an example. I was so, so pro married once, married forever, pro. I was so committed to that. And I'm not saying it was wrong for me to be committed to that. I'm just saying that's where my stand was. That anyone and anybody that I saw that got a divorce, I went like, hmm. On my inside, you ain't good a Christian as me. I, I, I didn't say it out loud, but I judged them as not being as righteous or holy or pure as me. Now watch this, watch this, pay attention. Either you need to be still, bro, or you need to turn your camera off. Um, listen, since now I found myself in the place of being a divorcee, which to me was a horrible, 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 bad, 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 bad word. I have a different empathy now for people who've gone through that journey, right? Hmm. Wow, you're not as bad as I thought you were. I can understand better. How many of you have, in the moment of your weaknesses, looked at other people different and with more compassion? All of a sudden, somebody else tells you they're in that situation and your heart is a little bit different. Well, my heart, as a result of that, has become different to our people in every struggle that they're in. Well, maybe you, you know, you don't have to go through that problem because you ain't never had that addiction, but they do. What makes your thing better than theirs? So I had a conversation with somebody, and I, I won't you know, go into the details of it. You don't know anyway, but still. And the person was really down, down, down on divorce. And even though he was trying to act like he was being tender, he was kind of, he was judging me. And I knew where he was because I was once there. And he kept talking about how I was once and he's supposed to stick in there and, da, 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 and I'm listening to him. And then Holy Ghost said, say to him, but you've cheated on your wife several times. So your philosophy of purity is cheat all you want as long as you don't leave. Ooh. Air got real stiff. So basically, you're a holier man than me because you cheated several times and she ain't throw your A out. 
And that makes you a more godly man because you didn't go to the process. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. Okay, then watch your mouth because you're not better. And, and I begin to look at it and I was like, I understand, Father. It's so easy to make a, 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 a podium and put our statue of, I never did this up there. Well, at least I don't do that. And then decide that we have a better walk than somebody else. But he said, the way you judge them, not for the same thing, but whatever else you do, that judgment will be met on you the same way. No, I need you to catch this. I really want to move to the other scripture, but I really need you to catch this. That means if you decide that his outcome for stealing from somebody a great deal of money and putting them in a real bad situation should be thus and so, and then you just steal a piece of candy from the store, doesn't have to be equal, you're asking that same judgment be brought on you that you felt, no, but what they did was horrible. Sin is sin. And so as you judge, you shall be judged. So if you decide, I don't care how little you think your sin is, how big there is, that they be judged according to these standards, you're saying to God that I must be judged according to these standards. My outcome must be the same. Whether I lied on somebody or I stole from somebody or I killed somebody, you're saying that my judgment should be what I'm wishing on them. And that, I guarantee you, you don't want. So God began to say to me, I need you to look at people who have wronged you, sincerely wronged you, and decide that they should have the grace that you ask for when you're wrong. It's quiet. Solemn faces, everybody's face is real, real solemn and solid and stiff. But uh, I didn't say it was easy to do, but it's as easy as saying the words. You know, you don't have to make it happen. You just, you, you just have to speak and say, God, listen, let me give you a prayer to help you out. Say, God, I know I'm not willing, but I'm willing to be willing. Give me a willing heart. I'm willing to be willing. All right, now we can go back to the other person. Guys, um, I'm just trying to help you. Just trying to help you. Because we all know, without question, that unforgiveness blocks our blessings. Everybody knows that. I don't know any, a new, somebody just got saved yesterday knows that. A lot of people that don't even walk with the Lord know, yeah, you can't walk in unforgiveness. Um, I'm trying to remember who says it is um, carrying unforgiveness is like you drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Carrying resentment is the equivalent of you drinking poison and hoping the other person to die. So I don't want us walking in unforgiveness and I'm making a choice. It's a choice not to. So let's bring this home. Starting from verse one in Romans chapter two, it says, therefore you have no excuse or defense or justification, O man, whoever you are who judges and condemns another. For in 
post posing as judge and passing sentence on another, you condemn yourself. So the scripture out of two or three witnesses, let that word be established. Here's the word now being broken down in the detail of what Jesus was saying. Are you understanding now? Okay, so that's for posing as judge and passing sentence on another, you condemn yourself because you who judge are habitually practicing the very same thing that you censure and denounce. But we know that the judgment, the adverse verdict, the sentence of God falls justly and in accordance with the truth upon those who practice such things. And do you think or imagine, oh man, when you judge and condemn those who practice such things and yet you do them yourself, that you will escape God's judgment and elude his sentence and adverse verdict? Or are you so blind as to trifle and presume upon and despise and underestimate the wealth of his kindness and forbearance and long-suffering and patient? Are you mindful or actually arrogant of the fact, I mean, unmindful or actually arrogant of the fact that God's kindness intended to lead you to repent, to change your mind and in a man to accept God's will? Hmm. Let's talk about this and bring it home. So God took me there, then he took me here. See, you have an excuse. If you're judging, that means you know what wrong is. And if you know what wrong is, that means that the way you judge, you shall be judged. Doesn't make the difference what the offense is. When he says you're doing the same thing, but I ain't do what he did. No, when he says the same thing, he means sin. When you sin and go against God, you sin and you go against God. And sin is sin, and judgment is judgment. And if I'm bringing this judgment on you, then what am I asking for for myself? Well, now he goes on to say in this paragraph, in this text, when you are wishing harm or ill will to someone for their wrong because you won't walk in judgment, I mean, because you, you won't walk in forgiveness, do you remember who you're serving and who you're reaching out to and you're calling on to in your own time of need? I want to submit to you that the calling of God is asking me, is asking you to have compassion even to the uncompassionate. It's a question going on here. So watch this. I'm going to read it again. Verse 2. But we know that the judgment and adverse verdict sentence of God falls justly in accordance with truth upon those who practice such things. Or do you imagine, oh man, when you judge and condemn those who practice such things, and yet you do it yourself, that you will escape God's judgment and elude his sentence and adverse verdict? So he's saying, do you think you can escape the negative punishment when you're wishing it on others? Do you think that you can carry animosity toward another and then expect God to not judge you the way you feel they should be judged? But that's not the point I, it ends with. And this is what I want to bring home. Watch this. 
Or are you so blind to trifle with and presume upon and despise and underestimate the wealth of his kindness and forbearance and long sufferance and patience? Watch this. God is saying to you here, are you so caught up in wanting harm to come to somebody that you are undermining God's patience and kindness and forbearance and love? So a lot of stuff happening here, but let me make sure you understand this. My God, my God, please get this. He said, in looking at other people like that, you bring that judgment on yourself, but that's not the point that's being made. The point that's being made is you have the audacity to undermine God's goodness. You have the audacity to forget about his kindness and love. But then there's another point that's being made here. Do you realize what you're missing out on by taking that stand or being on that side of the street? Do you realize the love and care and kindness and goodness that God is offering to you that you are for, for dismissing because you're choosing to walk on the side of unforgiveness or animosity? What he's saying is, I want you to understand that when you wish a negative and harm on others, you are discounting or undermining the goodness of God. And because you're doing that, watch this, you expect God to be that kind of judge. So therefore, how can you expect God's goodness for yourself? I am realizing that I do, whether I say it out loud or not, expect God to treat me bad because I expect him to treat others bad. I may not say it out loud, but I do. I expect him to judge me that way. When I make a mistake, I do. And he's saying, this is not about how you feel about them and they feel about you and what you think belongs. He said, but in doing that, you make a mockery of my goodness. You undermine my fairness. So he says, are you so blind to trifle with? He said, you're playing with it and presume upon and despise and undermine the wealth of my goodness. You, do you have the audacity to trifle with, to play with? You know what it is to be trifling? You know, we know that word. He said, do you have the nerve to be trifling with my goodness? Did you, do, you, do you really want to try to undermine or make less of my mercy, the wealth of it, my kindness, my forbearance, my long suffering? Are you unmindful or actually ignorant of the fact that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repent and to change your mind and the inner man to accept God's will. He's saying, this is the one scripture that says, this is kindness that leads you to repentance. Do you understand that? Why are you wishing God's judgment on people? God wants to be kind to them and you to bring you to repentance to his kindness, his love and kindness, his forbearance, his tender mercy, his goodness. Why are you so caught up on the judgment of God for others and yourself when God's saying, I'm extending to you don't make light. Well, you know, sometime, God, somebody said this to me the other night, and I was, I was so just, I was just so done with them. You know, I've been going through a lot of stuff, and I keep praying and asking God to help, ask God to help, and he hasn't answered. I guess God just concluded, you know, you know enough to take it and just go ahead, and you know, you know, you got enough insight. And I was like, well, clearly you don't, because you're still going through it. You clearly don't have enough insight. But you decided, I didn't say this, but to trifle with his goodness and his mercy and his love and kindness. You, you, you undermine it. And he said, are you just that ignorant that you don't understand my goodness? Out of everything I've read to you today, this verse is where I want you to learn. How blind are you that you would trifle with or presume upon or despise or underestimate, watch this, 
the wealth of his kindness, the wealth of his forbearance, how he can put up with you, the wealth of his long sufferance, his patience toward you. Are you so arrogant that you don't understand that his kindness is there to lead you to repentance? Let me see if I can put this in a nutshell for you. By honesty, not, if not in everything, in some things, do you expect God to teach you what you should be doing by allowing you to fall into some kind of hardship? Well, God did that to show me that I shouldn't be doing it or that was wrong. How many of you would honestly admit that? That, that, no, yeah, well, I know. See, if I had did what God said, that would have never happened. See, we, we come to this conclusion that, well, see, God, he just let that happen because, you know. So then there's an expectation in you that God wants to correct you through hardship. Me too. And punishment and things not going right. So when I stabbed myself in the hand, I said, you know what? I should have prayed that morning like he told me to, and I didn't. That's why, that, you know, it, it's just this thought going through my mind. Like, oh, wait, wait, what, what, what? So God stabbed you in the hand? Like, what are you talking about? But still the thought started to creep up because I started to believe that God wants to correct me. Watch this. Stay with me. Stay with me. When you were a kid growing up, most of us on here are color, folks of color, and, and you know what happens when they don't do it because we see some of the other colors. And you're, if you did something out of line, what's your parent do? If you got out of line, what that parent do? They spank that hiney high, huh? You know that. You knew there was judgment for that behavior. Watch this. So we learn through the discipline of the rod that the the, the, the correction for wrong is pain. Correct? Now, if you see God as a parent, subconsciously or not, we believe the correction for wrong is pain. Misfortune, in some people's minds, calamity. You guys know better than that. You've been taught better than that. I'm reading this and he's saying to me, I want to correct you to kindness. I want to lead you to repentance through my goodness. How dumb have you become that you got off into this judging others and expecting yourself to be judged this way when I'm saying to you, why would you trifle or presume or underestimate the wealth of his kindness, his forbearance, his long suffering toward you. I'm expecting God to correct me to his love. And I am digging deeper into that in this season of my life. I'm, I'm expecting, a, hmm, why, why, why is it important that you're expecting this? Why am I asking this of you? Because if I could get you in the mindset of expecting God's goodness, even when you're out of track and out of line, 
You see it, you search for it, you seek it out. Not just for you, but for others. You look for the best of God that he has to offer. God's loving kindness and tender mercy is intended for me so that I can then go out and display that toward others. So when he says, go into the world and preach the gospel, the good news, what the church has done is they go into the world and say, you must be saved or you're going to hell. And that's the end of the good news. But not the kindness leads you to repentance. Not, Lord, judge them by your love and kindness and tender mercy. God, correct them by your goodness that I ask for for myself. God, show them the patience that I'm asking you to show me. God, show them the mercy that I ask for when I, whenever I'm out of line. That's the scriptures, bless those who bless you. Bless those who curse you. God, help them see by your love and kindness and tender mercy. I renounce all judgment that I've held against anybody at this point in my life. And I make a choice to let them all go and set them all free. And I ask you by your love and kindness and tender mercy to grant me the, 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 the anointing, the emotion, the logic, the heart to redeem myself from unforgiveness in you. And I ask that you redeem them from their faults and lead them by your loving kindness and your tender mercy. Lord God, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And none of us are, none of us are above reproach. But in you, we have the benefit of coming into you and saying, Abba, Father, and seeking you for that love and seeking you for that kindness. And Father, help us to judge ourselves that way first, that we judge ourselves according to the wealth of your goodness and your kindness and your love toward us and forgiveness and mercy. We thank you, Lord, for the clarification of the judge not that we be not judged. You're not saying that because you're waiting to judge us. You're saying that because you're making us wake up to the fact that it is not your desire to walk around and put us in judgment, but that through your love and kindness and tender mercy, you wish to lead us to repentance for all the good that you have done did not stop with Christ on the cross, but it continues on and it grows on in our lives. And continue, continue to lead us to repentance by your love and kindness and your tender mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen.